So here we are, Phil, back together for our second episode of We Can Get Through This. Yes, we can get through this. Welcome back, everyone. And how do you think the first one went? Well, uh, being totally biased, I would say it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I love your positivity. Um, well, we'll see. I think a few people have said it was okay. They loved your ukulele playing and, of course, that's got to be a regular feature. Well, we'll have to see whether there's any improvement um, in <clears throat> this week and in coming weeks, but um, let's hope. Well, I'm sure there have. I, I've noticed a, a lightning in the neighbourhood that people are beginning to take, take off their earmuffs, discard their earplugs, um, littering them around the street a bit like those discarded face masks. In Interestingly, I think there's four for sale signs gone up in the uh, vicinity, so... Oh, are you moving out? <laughs> Not yet. Right, so um, anyway, moving things along, we will, of course, have to finish with a little bit of ukulele playing to see if there's been any progress made. But in the meantime, what, what's on the agenda for today? Do you know? So um, I think we're going to um, turn the tables, actually, uh, on you, Eileen. So um, from the um, lofty heights of the host of the podcast, um, the mystery voice, I think this week, is going to actually interview you to find out a little bit more about what makes you tick. Oh dear, that is very worrying, but I'll give it a go. Excellent. So let's get going. It's the Mental Health Podcast with Eileen and Phil. It's the Mental Health Podcast with Eileen and Phil. Who are you and what do you do? Hi, well I'm Eileen and I am the Community Wellbeing Project Manager, which means that I um, manage a small team of people who support individuals who work throughout the Gwynedd County but I also manage another project which is called Mentora Conwy supporting people in the Conwy area with um, targeted support through volunteers and other staff. What is your favourite part of the job? Now, that's a very tricky question. Obviously, times have changed. At one point, I would have said seeing people, being amongst people, giving them face-to-face -face support. But under these new COVID, COVID times, um, that's not a possibility. So I've had to make very big adjustments in the way that I work. Um, working now from home, working remotely, having to use a lot of technology... Um, so with the change, I have had to embrace all of this technology, all this remoteness. And I think probably the most satisfying aspect of that is that while I'm not seeing people face to face, I'm aware that I'm actually probably enabling more and more people to access our services. It may be a different nature of support but actually more people are being supported in total um, in the area that we cover. So I guess that's a win out of what is generally not a very good situation, to be honest. 
If you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be and why? Another good question. Um, I suppose we've, we all go through life, have ups and downs. I've dealt with bereavement, loss of my parents, loss of a sister. Um, and yeah, there might be times when I've really yearned for them to be back in my life. But I guess it's that old adage that you learn by your experiences and I guess I'm what I am today because of the experiences that I've gone through. So on a personal level, while there might be things that I might have thought I would like to have changed, then what? where would I now be? Who would I be? What would I be? Um, so if I could go back in time, what would I change? Um major global events maybe um global warming's a big issue at the moment isn't it so i guess climate change if there was anything that could have happened years and years and years back that might have um prevented the climate crisis then that might have been a good result but i don't know what that would have been maybe pre-industrial revolution we might might have had to stay in very agricultural society uh maybe we'd all have been better for that as we are now all realizing that being in touch with the earth is a very positive thing to do when you feel down what do you do to cheer yourself up ah that's another good question isn't it very tricky when i feel down when I feel down, um, I guess a lot of that is to do with not being connected with people that I really want to be connected with. So I find that I can be a little bit too inside my own head, um, wishing that I was with others. So I'm not great on picking up, up the phone and speaking to others, but that's probably the thing that I do need to do. If I'm feeling down, I need to connect with other people um and have that light-hearted conversation that bit of light relief a little bit of a laugh a little bit of a giggle i love comedy i've been a um famed for being a nuisance at comedy festivals heckling comedians but in a very light-hearted and kind-spirited way so i guess yeah comedy that's the thing that helps lift my mood and chatting to others what one thing are you most proud of and why? Oh, what am I proud of? I'm proud of the fact that I've got four wonderful children and each of them have four wonderful partners and I've got two adorable granddaughters. And through all the ups and downs of life, my children have remained steady, strong, supportive of each other, supportive of myself and my husband and life is good when we're all together um we're often apart but they're always in my thoughts seaside or countryside ah, well living near the sea i absolutely adore the sea air i also love walking in the countryside um i can walk for miles and miles and miles either coastline or countryside get a little breathless going uphill so maybe <laughs> a combination a rolling sea walking inland 
along an estuary, heading for the countryside. I can't choose between the two. I love both. How much time do you spend on social media? Definitely too much time. I keep resolving to minimise my use and little strategies that I'm using these days are if I'm downstairs and going to be relaxing for the evening, leave my phone upstairs so that I can't be checking in on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. It can be great, but it can be a nightmare too. So definitely, probably too much time, but reducing it. What do you think of mindfulness and what is your favourite mindfulness meditation? Um, mindfulness is great. It's something that has to be incorporated into your daily life. People talk about mindfulness as if it's something over there that you go and do and um, practice. And yes, you do need to practice it. You need to spend time developing mindfulness awareness but I think the greatest aspect of mindfulness is actually it's something that you can embody into everyday life, everyday experience. I can remember years ago saying to a friend that I actually love washing up. She looked at me very sceptically, but I actually said that if I just totally focus on plunging my hands into the warm, bubbly water um, and that, is the essence of mindfulness, totally focusing on the activity that you're doing. So was the second part of the question, what is my favourite meditation? Um, I'm not going to choose a favourite meditation because it depends on the time and place. And actually that washing up practice, when I'm totally focused, totally mindful, totally immersed in the water and in the experience, then that's as good a meditation as any. What's your favourite film? now then um i used to always say um oh what's that one with uh it's with <laughs> i forgot i'm hopeless on films i'm always forgetting the names the actors i've got a son-in-law who's an absolute film buff and if he was listening to me now he would be cringing but he would know that this is how i am my favorite film used to be I'm being prompted here. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one. I love Billy Elliot. <laughs> but before, I was also going to say um, Moulin Rouge. I can remember going to see Moulin Rouge and just the at the cinema and the colour and the vibrancy of the whole production was absolutely amazing. But it's probably something that has to be seen on the big screen. Um, Billy Elliot... A very moving, heartwarming story. Absolutely love it. I'll go for Billy Elliot. We can get through this. 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 Okay, so this section comes with a little bit of a health warning. Oh no, it's not you playing the ukulele, is it, already? No, definitely not. That's for later. Oh, okay. 
But seriously, folks, if you're feeling a little bit sensitive, um, the next few minutes we'll be talking about bereavement and loss. And that segment's going to last for approximately... Just over 11 minutes, 11 and a half minutes. Uh, so if you want to skip that section, maybe listen to it another time if you think it might be helpful, then by all means skip on for 11, maybe 12 minutes just to be safe. So thank you very much. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Very interesting um, answers to those questions. Um, how did you feel? How did you feel that went? Uh, well, it's really interesting because obviously I had an idea of the kind of questions I might be asked, but I hadn't really thought about how I might answer them. And so what comes out is very much of the moment and how I responded was obviously sometimes something that's quite deeply buried within me and um, an issue that obviously was very very clear in that was my sense of loss and bereavement that I've experienced in my lifetime and I know that's a subject that's very much on the top of people's minds during this well, this past year, it's been horrendous for people who've lost loved ones and have not been able to go through the um, usual bereavement process, all those ceremonies and rituals that people need to go through in order to recover from loss or to help that recovery process. And they've just not been able to do that. So there's a great sadness there. Um, and I think for myself... Each loss that I suffered, um, I reacted differently on each occasion. Uh, great confusion, great sadness, great upset. And it is a long process to go through, to go through that recovery and to not get stuck in a certain phase. Yeah, and of course, um, loss um, affects everybody totally differently. Um, would you agree with that? I would, absolutely. Um you know, I'm part of a large family and as siblings, we all reacted differently. We all responded differently. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. There's just the way that you react that's unique to you as an individual. Is the problem sometimes, particularly when there's been a traumatic event or um, a situation where you haven't been able to go through those rituals that you were talking about, um, is there... Um, a feeling sometimes that people can get stuck uh, in relation to their loss and bereavement. Yeah, that's very true. And in fact, I mean, I must say, I think I probably experienced um, elements of that through past bereavement. Um, I would say in, in terms of bereavement counselling, we talk about traumatic and delayed grief, and that can come through very numerous ways different um, situations that people go through so when my dad passed away um, we knew that my sister was going to pass away not long after that and I would say that I had to delay my grieving for my dad because the focus had become about supporting my sister as she went through the final stages of her illness um, and in a similar way, my mum had died a few years previously 
and after her passing away the focus had been to look after and support my dad so consequently it was really probably the biggest moment for me was after my sister's passing when I didn't only mourn for my sister but it brought out all those memories of both my mum from quite a few years previously and of my dad who had died three months earlier. That was the time when eventually all the grief flooded out um, that I had been stuck. I probably had been stuck in a period of depression which others around me may have noticed and from time to time I was aware of. Um, and it was actually the final kind of act of grieving that probably helped me move on from all three of those deaths. Whether you have a religion or not, there are certain processes and rituals that you might need to like to go through being able to say goodbye to your loved one in, in a way that's appropriate to you, whether it's being at the funeral service, um, at the burial, at the crematorium, whichever approach is taken, that's the first step towards acknowledging the passing of that person. Um, and then beyond that, there are various processes that a person really I feel does need to go through in order to have the ability to have the good memories and the um, experience of being able to celebrate a person's life rather than um, find themselves lost in the depths of despair, depression, anger, so many different emotions can come to the fore. Um, but it is important to be able to let go. Is there any particular um, tool or technique that you use to try to help you through your own personal um, issues? Ooh, now then, I suppose it was my mum who passed away first. And I guess, you know, at that time I was a young mum myself. I had two young children. Um, she was granny to my two little boys and um, there was a great sadness that she left us so rapidly and that she wasn't going to be around to see them grow up. Um, I just think I just had to spend time being gentle, taking time to possibly be a little bit selfish. Um, one of my coping strategies was to do a lot of baking. I think I became a nurturer and immersed myself in baking, talking to other people, keeping the memories alive, allowing my children to see that I was sad and that I cried sometimes. Um, they might say a lot <laughs> as the years went by. My dad and then my sister very shortly afterwards. Um, that was a very traumatic phase of life and um, I think people around me were incredibly supportive, um, were very open to me sort of dropping in on friends and kind of just being able to weep and um, call upon support really. And it's important isn't it to um, give yourself the opportunity to feel 
emotion and to be able to cry and do those sorts of things that um, uh, help us to get through those sorts of situations in an emotional way. Um, and would you agree at all that um, allowing yourself also to celebrate the person's life is a good way maybe of helping you helping you through mm, absolutely um with my both my parents you know it was very much the funerals were planned very much family involvement in how the funeral should go very personal um pieces of music that were chosen that were appropriate to the individuals you know to my mom quite a different character to my dad their services reflected them as individuals. Um, my sister died after an episode where she had cancer for about less than a year between diagnosis and her passing away. She was approaching her husband's 40th birthday and in fact she had a celebration of her life for his 40th birthday party in the knowledge that she was probably not going to live much beyond that date. Um, so in a very strange way, that was a very bittersweet moment of having a pre-death celebration for want of a better expression. Um, and is it, would you think for people who maybe haven't had the chance to be with their loved one when they've passed and those sorts of things that um, having the opportunity maybe after the event, even if they are on their own, um, living on their own or, or not able to mix with other uh, members of their family, having the opportunity of setting up um, some sort of memorial or a, um, a shrine of some sort to the person who's passed is an important part. Absolutely, I would, yeah, I think, and again, it's very much an individual response. Um, I think for some people, having a little area in the house, pictures perhaps, um, a photo area of the person they've lost, um, somewhere that they can pay respects, have nice memories, have that pleasant moment of recollection is um, a really useful. I do remember having a, almost a gallery of pictures um, with both my parents and my sister and other family members, but you know, it's very much an idea of having somewhere that I could still see them and they would be part of life. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much for that, Eileen. Well, I'm sorry if that's all sounded a little bit heavy and a little bit downbeat, but uh, it really is an important message to get across. And of course, if any of you out there are struggling with loss, bereavement issues, please do not hesitate to make contact and ask for help. Some of the support <laughs> that we provide is available across North Wales. So it is app, confusing. App it's support confusing. and other things like that are available across North Wales. Some additional support, things like telephone support and that sort of thing, uh, we're able to provide within the Merioneth area, so South Gwynedd. If you are outside of our area... We will do everything we can in order to help signpost you to wherever you might get the best support. So even if you're not in our area and you don't know where to go, I think you can still 
make contact through the website. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. There is no such thing as an inappropriate referral. There's always somebody somewhere who will be able to help. Even if it's not ourselves, we can point you in the right direction. So having gone through all of that, let's talk about something a little bit more uplifting. Um, uh, we're all involved in lockdown, as we've already been talking about, and this is very much um, uh, a podcast which is trying to help us get through uh, the sort of situation that we're getting through. So is there anything at all that you could uh, pass on to us which is uh, a, a positive part of the lockdown experience? Have you ever found anything positive in what's been going on? <laughs> um, yes, I've connected with new people in a very funny way. Um, yeah, I think it has been an opportunity to connect, for neighbours to come together and to find that um, people are really supportive and caring of each other when perhaps you've just had a nodding, a nodding or passing acquaintance with them. Um, I think that was apparent throughout our society really, that people were coming together, community groups were forming or even just very informal friendships, helping each other out, going, picking up friends or neighbours, shopping for them, um, rather than, you know, people all going out separately to collect shopping. Um, some people that I had probably only met once or twice before the first lockdown, have become really, really good friends. We did sort of exchange cakes and um, nice little baked goodies throughout the lockdown period. So, yeah, some lovely friendships. That... So the opportunities have still been available then to um, uh, connect with people in one way or another over the course of the last uh, few months. And, of course, the wonderful technology of Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I was a little bit of a late adopter to the idea of Zoom and connecting with friends and family through video calls. Um, but, yeah, it's been a great, great way to communicate, to see people who are at a distance. And I think um, it's even something that we'll probably carry on doing way beyond this COVID situation. Yes, indeed. Thank everyone for Zoom. <laughs> I think um, we need to do a clap for Zoom in the same way as we did a clap for the NHS. So Ooh. let's do that now. Yay. Thank you, Zoom. And so with all that being said, I think we need a little bit of light entertainment. We've got to end on that very happy ukulele note. Oh, some more ukulele. You are gluttons for punishment. So, thank you very much. Well, we really just want to see how much progress has been made in a week. And well, I'm hoping it will be a lot. I hope so too. So, here we go. So, Phil, the pressure's on you now. Are you ready? Are you ready for this bit of I think we're ready. Today? I think we just need a little bit of a tune-up, as we normally do. Just bear with me a second. Let me hear you tuning. I will tell you, everyone, he's taking a bit more seriously okay. tonight. He's got his music with him. I think him, we're here. Okay. Which is a little bit worrying, but let's see let's how Let's see it if sounds. we can spot this one. Let's see if we can spot this one.
that's one of my old-time favourites. Is that from Rod the Mod, Rod Stewart? Sailing, he's sailing away, crossing oceans to be near me or to be far, far away. And I think with that, we're going to say a fond farewell. Thanks for joining us again. Thank this you. And hope you'll be back with us next time. Goodbye all. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks, Bill. That's great.